you are listening to Comes a Time with Oteil Burbridge and Mike Fenoya. If you're digging the podcast, do these guys a favor and review and subscribe. It means a lot. Be sure to follow the pod on social media, YouTube, and if you're joining for bonus episodes and exclusive content, go to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get on the bus. And now, here's Mike and Oteil. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Comes a Time Podcast. That is my friend Oteal. And that is my friend Mike. And boy, did he just have a great podcast. <laughs> you want to tell him who, who was just on? Yeah. Did you have a good podcast too? Oh, baby. Yeah. We had. I'm I not, mean, I wasn't as big of, I'm not a football fan in the way that you are. So, uh, Ricky Williams is on the podcast today. And, uh, I'll take a minute, I guess, to kind of Miami Dolphin fan my whole life. Um, Ricky Williams, uh, amazing, like, you know, just a record-breaking, iconic college football player, um, NFL star, came to the Dolphins. Such a breath of fresh air as a fan of the Dolphins for him to join the team. It was just like finally some enthusiasm, finally some hope. And he was just watching him was just like, it's, it's like watching like a comet. Um, it's like he knew two steps ahead of every movie was going to make, you know, and, and it was just amazing. And he left football. And of course there was controversy and whatever, you know, like, you know, contracts and so on and so forth. But he was really special to me because he was like the first uh, man in, in like, it, you know, one of the first like, like, you know, strong, athletic, tough guy to admit that he was taking Paxil for social anxiety disorder, you know, and people thought he was weird because he'd have his helmet over his face when he was doing interviews and all that. And I kind of felt for him because apparently I need to go deep all the time. And uh, it, it just there was this thing of kind of, you know, I felt for him. And when he left and he went off on his path, it was sad to see him go as a football fan. But I was also like really happy and hopeful for him. And just to be able to, you know, Teal, I woke up this morning and I was like, what do I have to do today? Oh, Teal Burbridge and I are going to interview Ricky Williams. I mean, life's pretty <laughs> incredible. So uh, about his cannabis company and <laughs> astrology. Sure. Okay. Thanks, universe. You know? <laughs> But it was, um, okay. it went better than I, I, I could have imagined. And I'm so happy to see you two guys get to know each other. Cause it's, I mean, I just felt like you two guys are, you should know each other. You know, you feel, you understand what I mean now? Well, I knew, I knew, I went and watched a couple of interviews with him. And there's this one interview where he got into a really bad funk. I think it was actually in high school. Um, and he uh, found out that the quarterback was sleeping with his girlfriend. Oh, God. And he was just sucking on the football field, you know, and he was like all in his head. And this friend of his was like, bro, you are way too inside your head and handed him a bong. And he did a bunch of bong hits. And then he said it just stopped all that chatter. And for some reason, he had the desire to go watch Blazing Saddles. And he said getting really baked, getting out of his head and watching Blazing Saddles 
and laughing so hard, pulled him to the left of his whatever his old mindset was and he yeah. ran two 300 yard games back to back after that. <laughs> I was like we did Blazing Saddles fixed him I was like I can't wait to interview this guy <laughs> this is my guy holy crap oh, dude yeah it's so, so funny I was I was sold yeah. after that and then these accounts <laughs> into the whole astrology thing and let me tell you folks oh. I was around one of the best Colonel Bruce Hampton there, there there may be better but there's not many and man ricky is the deal he started laying out mike stuff you'll see watch this podcast it's great I mean, he nailed it he immediately nailed it it's just so funny it's just i mean you want to hear a funny story about uh, uh, so ricky williams is the only from what I know, I think my, my parents probably bought me jerseys of other players. They definitely did. Ricky Williams is the only one that I ever actually like bought his Jersey. You know, like I was at a wow, Miami dolphin nice. game. They were playing the jets. My friends and I were down seeing fish for new year's Eve in at the American airlines arena. And it was the 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st. I think it was, you know, and then the Sunday came where it just so happened Jets were playing the Dolphins in Miami. Ricky Williams was going to be playing. It's my first time ever seeing him. So my buddy Dave and I go to fish the night before, and then we go to Miami to the Dolphin game during the day, and then we're going to go see fish at night, partying all night, having a great time. We pull into the parking lot with nothing, so we're tailgating with strangers and stuff. We're leaving the <laughs> stadium, and I watched Ricky run a touchdown, which is all I wanted to do. I watched him break off this corner and run a beautiful nice. run. But – we're leaving O'Teal and I go, Dave, come here. I want to, I want to get a Ricky Jersey. I have to get a Ricky Jersey. Right. So we go into the pro shop and I ask for a home Ricky Jersey. And there's this guy standing in the, in the pro shop and he clearly works at the stadium, right? Like he's got like a stadium shirt and like a, um, almost like a, what do you call it? Like an apron type thing, you know, like, you know, where he would like do money exchange and stuff. Yeah. And he goes, did you know today's buy one, get one free uh, jerseys. He goes, it's $80 for a Jersey. So go pick another one. And I told my buddy, Dave, I'm like, go get a Jersey, like grab. So he grabbed like Zach Thomas, who was another player and we bring it over and I hand the guy $80 cash and he rips the tags off the jerseys and just takes off with our money. Like he happened to just, he was, he worked at the stadium, but not in the pro shop. <laughs> so like I look at Dave and I'm all punchy from a night of fish and all the drugs, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, we, t I go, we oh, technically no. paid for these. Right. And he's like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so we like put them on yeah, camera, put, okay, on camera. They got so we you put them camera. on and we just ran into a group of people that were like walking out of the stadium that all had jerseys on. <laughs> we just ran to the car and went home. So I feel like I technically bought a Ricky Jersey. I just don't think I paid the right guy, but, uh, it was just hilarious. And I always will cherish I mean, that memory and Dave and I, we always talk about it. It's just great. It's just so funny that how full circle to be able to like, this was just beyond perfect. For yeah, me. Then he did your chart. How many years later? <laughs> Honestly, on, yeah, on your podcast. <laughs> did you, did we even know what a podcast was back then? No, no. Back then? I didn't have a phone. No, this was like, I think I, I think I had one of those Nokia phones that like you play brick breaker on like that. Maybe. Oh That's my right. God. Stick yeah, around folks. It gets better. Chart. Stick around. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> your so much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ricky. And thank you. Uh, and check out his brand Heisman cannabis 
Um, yeah, they, they're gonna... they're going all different states. Yeah, it's 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 growing. I think it's just recently in Arizona. I love it because it's Heisman H I G H S M A N instead of Heisman H E I S M A N. So um, he's the man. Uh, hopefully we'll have him back, and I'm definitely going to sign up for uh, a second reading for sure. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> gotta go so, deep. Yeah, deeper. I don't. I guess I don't have the ability to not. So, learned a lot about myself today, guys. All right. So, if you're enjoying the podcast, go over to Patreon forward slash Comes the Time Pod and uh, join us for bonus episodes each each week. Thank you for all the patrons that we have already we love you um, thank you thank you go thank to our you. youtube and subscribe go uh rate us and review the podcast it goes a long way and uh i have dates up on mikefenoya.com oteal's got a ton of dates coming up at oteal.com come see us on the road and we've got merch ready for you guys so oh, where's my koozie i had it ready to show damn it i'll give you a picture I know. Well, we'll do it we'll do it again <laughs> soon we'll do it again soon and That's uh right. we love you guys see you later enjoy ricky peace Ricky, great to have you, man. Thank you so much for joining us. We're uh, stoked to have you here today. Yeah, it's good to be here. I was actually in, I'm in a, um, a music league, which is like a fantasy football of music league. And someone in my league told me that uh, he two or three times a year comes and gets uh, numerology readings with you. Astrology. <laughs> yeah. Astrology. Readings. Yeah. 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 And he, uh, he told me, he was like, dude, you gotta say what's up for me and this and that Andrew Barnett. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. So he, that was such a neat, you know, thing. Cause we were, I definitely wanted to chat with you about that, but, uh, so cool. Um, so you have some regular clients that come back and do regular readings with you then. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my favorite because, you know, like living a better life, you know, one conversation can get you on the right track, but we all need support. And so the, the people that come back are the ones that receive the most benefit from our, from our conversations. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We've, uh, we have that conversation quite a bit. In fact, and while waiting for you, we were kind of talking about how all of us are experiencing such great highs, but all around us, there's so much, you know, there's the inevitable life stuff, you know, there's yeah. the cancer and the sickness and the depression and the world, you know, and, you know, we're just all talking kind of about gratitude and how lucky we are to have each other and, you know, those outlets and support people that we really do need, you know. It's important. So important. I mean, I think we're, we're social creatures, you know, and I think one of the reasons that the social gene has survived is because it, it helps us enjoy our lives. It helps us survive. It helps us thrive. And, you know, playing football for so many years, you know, it becomes obvious that uh, you, you need other people. Football is the ultimate team sport. And if, you know, even if the receiver on a running play doesn't do his job, you know, the cornerback crashes in and hits me in the backfield. So um, to be successful, we gotta, we gotta have the right people around us. <laughs> Yeah, I always uh, felt like kind of a lone wolf in high school from about high school on. And in music, it is a team thing, but you also can play solo if you want to. I think it was teaching. I mean, having kids, it taught me 
about the whole it takes a village mm-hmm. thing because it really does take a village. <laughs> you don't have enough energy to match them. They can lap you like three times. And I was like, wow, it's not a cliche. Like you need mm-hmm. to outnumber them by like two people to do it. And it's it's made me be more social. It's given me a reason to be more social now, mm. you know, yeah. whereas I naturally tended to just kind of withdraw and isolate, you know, one of the such things- a strange uh, thing to overcome. Yeah, yeah it really is. And, and I think that's, you know, as a lifelong football fan and all, all of that, Ricky, one of the things that I appreciated so much about you was you were one of the first tough guys to admit that you felt uh, pain inside. And when you explained social anxiety disorder and when you started talking about it, um, I was kind of like, I, I heard it at the perfect time, you know, like I, I needed to hear it when you were talking about it. And um, I felt empathy for you uh, because I know you were kind of, I don't want to say ostracized, but it was, it's, if I felt bad that you had to do what you needed to do to be comfortable. And maybe that wasn't what the NFL or football fans at that time wanted from you, or, you know, like maybe doing interviews with a helmet on or, you know, feeling like alone at times. And I guess I just wanted to ask you, um, while you were going through those, those times, um, did you have the resources to reach out to, or did you feel like in the beginning you kind of went through a lot of that alone? Um, I don't know. Empathy is tricky because when we empathize with someone, we're actually doing it through the filter of our own feelings. And sometimes we feel things or we have a response or reaction to things that other people don't actually experience. Good example is just football in general. You know, I think it's easy to watch our our favorite players on Sunday, but if we watched like what it takes for them to perform that way, we would feel sorry for them, you know, the things that that we had to go through. (laughs) And so you know, part of being tough was just I didn't, I didn't, it didn't even register to me that that there was something, that pain was something that I needed to do something about. Because typically as a football player, pain mm. is such a part of what you do. You just take a couple of pills and to to mask the pain and you just keep you just keep moving. Um, and it was just got to a point where, you know, the pain reached a threshold behind what I could mask. And the gift of the gift of that, and I think the gift of pain and the gift of feeling anything is that once you feel it, you're highly motivated to do something about it. And so for me, you know, my training is to manage to do something about the pain. And so once I was aware of it and I started to do something about it, there are tons of resources. And I think whether we realize them or not, there's always tons of resources. It's about our ability to be open to them and choose them and keep choosing them until we get what we need. And that was the same for me. As soon as I recognized there was something that I, I wanted to address or to change or do something about, I realized that there are tons of resources around. And I was motivated enough to keep tapping those until I started to, to, to feel better, to improve, to do something about it. That's so important. It's such a great thing having this uh, medium, too, of podcasts because, you know, so many people are not uh, kind of programmed that way, like, to, well, there's a pain here and I need to like try to fix it. I think uh, a lot of my past pains, which were tied to addictions, I thought, well, there's no way I could never fix it. You know what I mean? Or I, it was hopeless. 
And now on the other side of that, I'm just like, hope that someone will see a podcast or that I'll recognize something, make say something to somebody yeah. to try to reach out, to offer them this like, yeah, it's, that's not true. I know you may feel like that, but I felt like that, but that's actually not true. It's like some kind of lie we tell ourselves. And, you well, know, it, uh, yeah, I feel like it's a lie we tell ourselves, but, you know, everything we tell ourselves, we heard from someone else first. You know, and you, you mentioned, this is one of my favorite words past, past couple of weeks is conditioning, you know? And, and I think we don't yeah. appreciate, we don't appreciate conditioning. You know? So after I retired from the Dolphins, I went back to Texas to finish my degree. And I was only, I only finished 60 hours as an undergrad. And so I had half of a college education I had to complete when I retired. And so it gave me the opportunity to think of what do I really want to spend a lot of time studying? And so to make it, to make it enjoyable for me. And so I decided to study educational psychology, which is basically the psychology of mm. how we learn which is basically you're, we learned about conditioning. You know, everything yeah. we do as humans, we were conditioned or taught or trained to do it. And all of the thoughts we have that are human type thoughts, you know, because what I mean by that is I've never, well, not that I can talk to animals, but just my sense is I don't ever see animals saying they have a bad hair day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's you know, very true. There are certain thoughts that are human thoughts, and the human thoughts that we that we take on that become habitual, we learn from someone. And I think as long as we have the appreciation that all of our behavior was learned, it empowers us to know that all of our behavior can be reconditioned or relearned. And and for me, that was the that was the beauty of recognizing the pain. Is I realized this pain comes from the way I was raised, the way I was conditioned, and not in a sense of blaming, of realizing I'm an adult now, so yeah. I can retrain or recondition or reparent myself any way I want. And as and from that perspective, you know, I thought we talk about resources, role models, right? I started to look at who are people that I truly respect, yeah. uh, that I feel I have something to offer, and I read their books or I watched, listened to them on podcasts or watched watched documentaries, and I just surrounded myself with the kinds of ideas and thoughts. Um, that helped me recondition myself. Yeah, it's so incredible. And it's such a, it, when you have that light bulb moment that it's like, I'm not tethered to this coaching that I had, that I dealt with, or I'm not tethered to this belief that I was, you know, imprinted with. I remember when I first started to, pra to practice transcendental meditation, I, I, mm. there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to sit for 20 minutes and recite this mantra. And, <laughs> you know, and I was like, this is stupid. And then I'm like, who's telling me that it's stupid? You know, like, why am I hearing that I can't do this? And then when I finally was able to have that moment of like transcendence and it worked, I was like, oh shit. Like, it's like learning a new trick or learning a new like step or learning a new like lick or something. It's like, wow, I can learn new things. And mm. while learning, I'm unlearning what's been standing in my way. Yeah. That's fascinating. I mean, you just described well, the meditation technique that I first learned is very, very, very similar to transcendental meditation, you know, point of focus in a, in a mantra. And I had a very similar, even that awareness, because when you start focusing on the mantra, you start to be aware of the thoughts and you start yeah. to be like, oh, where did this come from? Well, I remember sitting in meditation, probably two weeks where I finally started to quiet my mind so I could be mindful of the thoughts. 
and the thought would come up and I'd be like, wow, that's really how I think. You know, no, no wonder <laughs> I'm in this situation. But the, the beauty of that, it is allow, allows you to make those to make those shifts and to make those changes. And I had a little music story. And it was about the same time I started learning to meditate. And a really good friend of mine, uh, a big time Texas alum, um, big music fan. So bought me my first guitar and he gave me some lessons, you know. And so I remember the first day I was really like into it, you know, and I was trying to find the chords and my fingers were hurting and I, I was getting so frustrated, you know, and I put, put the guitar down, pissed off, okay. Next day I was sitting there. I said, okay, I'll pick it up and try again. And there was some kind of magic where overnight my fingers, you know, not completely, but my fingers 30% improved. They knew what to do. And I was like, wow, you know, this, uh, there's something like sacred, secret, sacred about the learning process that if you just put the effort in, eventually mm -hmm. you know, we are these wonderful adaptation machines. If we just put the effort and, and urge our bodies, yeah. you know, in which direction to adapt, the bodies will do it. Absolutely. It's really true, man. It's a, to almost miraculous uh, levels. Sometimes you surprise yourself, you know, but I always wonder, like, where do we get that thought? Like, oh, this is stupid. Me sitting here or like, you know, all the negative. It's so funny, like all that when the amount of conditionings that we have is staggering, you know, and it still comes at me like the, uh, on my birthday. I did a post that was like a gratitude post and I'm just sitting there smiling as a selfie and this guy writes dude you're like legit rich why don't you get your teeth fixed and i was like wow <laughs> like wow like where does that even you know what i mean yeah. it's just like and now i'm like answering the guy i was like well, you know, i'm just like it's just uh, it's so crazy the way and it Jeez. made me think about one of the things i wanted to ask you about I was watching an interview with you on a YouTube and you were talking about the difference uh, between the way football fans treated you and people that are fans of what you're doing now. And, you know, I just did this tour and even after eight years, this last tour, just something happened. It just went nuts and people started treating me really differently, like making me feel like I was an alien and we talked about it on a podcast and then I saw feedback where people were mad at me. You should just enjoy, you know, the fact that you're blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nobody told me what this was going to be like, you know, like yeah. how yeah. is the fame thing for you? It's, it's such a uh, it's a lot to process. You know? Yeah. I guess for me, what it clicked when I realized that when people are sharing their opinions about me, they're only telling me how like what they would do if they were in, the, in my <laughs> position, you know? Is that when yeah. people say something to you, they're not saying anything about <laughs> me. They're just sharing their perspective. Cool. But how long did it take you to, to get, I mean, that's, that couldn't have been something that was there all along though. Right. I mean, did it take you a while to, I mean, cause you've had coaches your whole life and you've always been like such a phenomenal athlete, whether it was baseball, whether it was football. Um, but you've always had someone kind of like, faster, harder, like run, you know, like, Oh, there's been criticism in coaching and sports. Was that something that you think was like a, 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 did that prepare you for then that universal criticism and that no matter how good you are, you're like never good enough for everybody. 
Well, I, I, to me, the target wasn't ever to be good enough for other people. The target was just to be the best that I could be. And I had really good coaches early that that made that made it clear. The thing about oh, that's cool. coaches are like preachers. Good coaches are preachers, you know, and, go, yeah. and I grew up going to church and you go to church, you hear the same general message over and over and over again. Eventually it gets in there and coaches are full of one liners. And I had a coach that said, you're never as good as they say, and you're never as bad as they say. And that just stuck. So every time mm. I would see something, yeah. either way, I just would repeat that to myself and the, the, the stress and the tension would just melt away because it would change my perspective. Because that's actually feels more true than what I was going on in my head about, you know, that must mean I'm less than or whatever. And so yeah, it's just coaching. You know, I had really good coaching and I'm a really good listener. And and I don't have a big ego, you know, and that's one of the things that I mean yeah. it's gotta be in trouble sometimes because I think when you're a professional athlete, that's the expectation <laughs> and kind yeah, of let, totally. let, <laughs> let people down. You know, people leave you and they're like, oh, they're like, you're so quiet. <laughs> yeah they think you're gonna be fireworks to be like all the time more of an yeah. asshole yeah dude it's so funny even so too, what, like, what do you attribute your social anxiety to then the fact that i don't have any that ego. you used to I deal mean, with the, the fact that i don't have an ego and i was again the people mm. i surrounded myself with you know and I, I thought about this a lot social anxiety the people that i'm surrounding myself with right creates an anxiety stayed in me. And so when I started surrounding myself with other people, I started to notice the anxiety disappeared. And then I just started to pay attention. And instead of looking at it as a negative or a wrong thing, I was grateful that it's information about how to take care of myself. And I think sometimes being a tough guy, being a tough person is part of our badge of courage is putting ourselves in difficult situations. And I think we all have to face difficult situations, but we also have to recognize what is good for us, what feels good to us, and how do we nurture ourselves. And I realized because of the profession I was in, I was surrounded by people that were just so different from me that it created a sense of anxiety. And so that's when I retired. I started traveling around the world and I naturally gravitated towards more sensitive spiritual people. And when I started doing that, the anxiety completely disappeared, completely disappeared. Like it wasn't there at all. And I was like, okay, this is anxiety. I tell people is information. It's just information. And if you, yes. if you listen yes. to the information and you act on it, the anxiety will go away. If you don't and you keep pushing through, the anxiety will tend to, to increase. God, that's so Or if awesome. you just medicate it, because I think, I wonder how many people there are where if they did what you did instead of, and I, we're not doctors and we're not giving medical advice. I'm not telling you to <laughs> yeah, get off yeah. your anti-anxiety <laughs> medication, but I'm just saying, right. like, I wonder how many people might... It's a lot to try to change that whole situation macro, but maybe if they did it, I wonder what percentage of people wouldn't need those anti-anxiety meds. Well, I think that's the question, you know, and, and people started asking themselves, you know, how, how would I have to change my life so I don't need these things? And that's just a simple question. And if we ask that question and we're truly curious, you know, we'll start noticing clues. We'll start finding answers and we'll start moving in a direction where we don't need it. It's just people, we, we, one of the habits that a lot of us have is we hold on to things that we don't really need anymore. And I stress anymore because most of the things we have at some point we need yes. it. Even the conditioning yeah. craziness we got from our parents. Yeah. In order to get along with our parents, we had to be in some kind of residence with them. 
you know, but once we get to a place where we don't need our parents, then we don't necessarily need to be in residence with them. Unless they have a lot of money, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with more Comes a Time. Stick around. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Um, you know, what's so funny too, is I think about this and I'm reflecting back on my, you know, um, my love of you. And I thought about, you know, like I was happened to be a dolphin fan. So I was happy you were there. I was sad when you left, but I was also happy for you, you know, because I went to the, I, I went and spoke to a psychiatrist for the first time. Cause I heard Paxil from you. I learned yeah. about it. And then, and then I, I, was like literally that was the first time I ever heard about like a, a grown man like taking anxiety medication or anything like that. And it was someone who I looked like revered, you know, as kind of like a superhero. And I was like, this is so cool that you were open about all of this in like the 90s <laughs> when not a lot of folks were open about it, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like not a lot of people talked about it. And 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 it was just so cool to see you kind of like then to learn, you know, about your journey and heading to Australia and heading all around the world. And, and you went and found more sensitive ground. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's, it's just to, to watch your process and to watch the way that you handled these things. is really incredible. And, and just kudos to you and congratulations really for like where you are now and how you're helping so many people, whether it's through cannabis or whether it's through having open conversations like this about mental health. Yeah. And to me, they're very much, they're very much related. 
you know, and, and there's so much crossover in, in so many ways. And I remember when I started consuming cannabis and it was about this time period you're talking about as I was becoming aware of, of my anxiety and started going to a therapist and taking Paxil. And one of the things my therapist and I talked about a lot is some people will get on anti-anxiety medicine and their anxiety will come down a couple notches and then they'll for, forget to, to, to deal with it, you know, because it's not, it's not in their <laughs> consciousness as much. And she right. says to me, you know, the, the point of the anxiety medicine is to take the edge off so that you can deal with what's causing the anxiety. And when she said that, you know, I started thinking about my cannabis consumption. And I noticed that when I consume cannabis, I would reflect on the things that were causing anxiety and also reflect on the things that I could do to change them. And, and as I was talking to her about it, I said, I, it feels like I'm giving myself like self-psychotherapy. And she started nodding her head and like something clicked, you know? And it, it was a it was a gift for me because all of the stories I had been told about cannabis, it was just bad, 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 bad. And for someone who I respected, someone older than me, more experienced than me, to sign off on my own internal experience that was considered taboo to the outside world, it really strengthened me to to, to stay on my path and to that I, I I know something that I wasn't taught, and that was the greatest yeah. greatest. Well, just like great coaches, a great therapist is just like a preacher too, right? I mean, like when they, when they're not, you know, cause I've had good and bad where it's like, just, you know, I had people that were like, you get nervous on stage doing stand up. Do you want a beta blocker here? Here you go. Do you, you get nervous on flights? Here's a Benzo. Do you want this? Here's that. And it's like, all I'm doing is dulling the, dulling the edges. You know, I'm just sanding the the 90 degree angles that yeah, I don't think I've heard and all the different people <coughs> that I've talked to about therapy. I haven't heard that many. I wonder what percentage of doctors are saying what you're said to you. Like, yeah, these pills are fine, but that's just to take the edge off to deal with the angle. Like let's deal with the problem. And then we make both things go away. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't get the sense that that's happening a lot, you know, yeah. not, but one thing I know that cracked me up seeing your interview where you talked my favorite movie of all time. If an alien showed up, I would just show him Blazing Saddles. I'd be like, here's this is what you need to know about this place. And so when you told that story about weed and Blazing Saddles, I was like, oh, Change my God, life. that's my, my life. life. Yeah. But I, I wonder if it makes me wonder if cannabis isn't uh this thing that helps us pursue our curiosity more Ooh. because like you mentioned being curious and this word keeps coming up to me, like why things got better for me. Cause I'm curious. And when I think back to like, okay, smoking weed and then you watch blazing cells. Now your mood is shifted, you know, yeah. and you're in a good space all of a sudden. And then my thing was then immediately was like music and it would just help me like be able to focus more on what I was curious about, regardless of what the outside is that, did you have that same experience? It's, it's very similar. You know, my, one of my favorite words to describe the effect of cannabis uh, is appreciation, appreciation. Yeah. Because yes. whether it's appreciating music, appreciating food, appreciating humor, okay, appreciating my anxiety, you know, a lot of times mm. I, I get into a fight with my wife, 
Okay. She's on this side. I'm on this side. We're arguing. I go in the other room. I'll smoke a little bit. And it makes it easy, easier to appreciate where she's coming from. Where I'm like, oh, okay. I get why she's pissed. And it releases tension. Right? Totally. Yeah. And so I think when we're tied up in knots, there's no curiosity because we're fighting for the rightness of our knot. Yeah. And I think when that knot starts to unwind, <laughs> it opens up this space where we can be more curious about what's really going on here. That's so true. Yeah. Really, it is. And appreciating anxiety, too, I guess, is a very that's an interesting yeah. point, especially when it relates to cannabis, because, you know, one 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 too many hits or the wrong strain at the wrong time. And anxiety is like, hi, sit down. I'm going to deal a, <laughs> deal a, a round of cards. Let's sit and chat. You, know? you got it. You got it. Yeah. yeah. And you just Dosage have to deal with it. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> When you did your travel, um, when you hit the road and kind of went on your, went, you know, out to the, the east and everything came back around, um, did you do a lot of that travel alone? I did all of it. I did all of it alone. Well, I did, I, when I went off on my own, I, I started alone, but as I, as I went on my travels, I met people and we might take small trips together, but it was, it was pretty much the whole time was solo travel. And how do you feel that was for, you know, again, coming off that social, you know, anxiety and all of that, and then to go be alone for so long? I mean, literally, like from Heisman to, you know, college, Sports Illustrated, all of that, to alone in a tent by yourself, that parallel, that difference, um, was that, can you explain, like, maybe how that felt? Was there a lot of fear? Was there immediate relief, like all of the above? Yeah, you know, I, I think part of part of the anxiety was I really, really appreciate my own company, you know, and I find <laughs> being around certain other people, right, when their thoughts are intruding on my thoughts, that it's not like it's not a pleasant experience. I love the way I look at things. I love my perspective, you know, and sometimes having to share someone else's perspective, it was no fun. And so I love being by myself. And part of that has helped me realize I'm not an easy person to be around. My mind is constantly, <laughs> constantly thinking about how to improve, how to get better. And some people like that, but most people, they don't. They don't. And so, I, <laughs> and so it's, it's helped me understand who I I tell my wife all the time, you know, I say, I get it. You know, if you got up one morning and we're like, I can't do this. I said, I promise you, no hard feelings. <laughs> understand I, Rick, that is so funny but my engage, my proposal to my wife was like now's your chance to leave yes. <laughs> i was like yo this is not gonna be easy i'm like i've been on my best behavior yeah. i've been freaking out quietly behind the scenes that i'm not good enough for you yeah. and just give it laying it all out there like you know and she's like nah i got you yeah. she's like it's okay yeah. but yeah at least they know right then i don't have to hide those parts of myself you know I told yeah. you. I told you. I gave I you a shot. <laughs> Read the fine print. <laughs> We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after this. it's about allowing yourself to be what yourself is and then also allowing yourself to show what that is 
regardless you know and that's a hard thing to do man after all the conditionings mm, it's so really hard because all of us in some way are really weird you know those are the best parts you know because right. i find someone who's trying to be something else is really really boring you know oh. so boring especially when you can like immediately see through it and you're kind of like, oh, I see who you're playing. Like, I yeah. see the character that you're doing. It's almost like when charades is too easy. And yeah. you're like, all right, next. <laughs> you know, like, I see who you're trying to be. And you don't have to be it around me. And it's sometimes hard when you do the work and you go through. You're obviously a very, like, you know, thoughtful person. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that Otil and I had right away as friends was we dove deep. Like, we both, like tied ankles to you know tied Correct. rocks to our ankles and just dove to the <laughs> bottom and we're like let's talk about spirituality like we knew each other five minutes and we were like crying wow. and it was like that connection but when you when you're at that frequency you kind of i personally i can't speak for anybody else i don't really have a tolerance for any other frequencies so yeah. it's like a double-edged butter knife you know it's like great but also i can't tolerate a lot of phoniness or you know, folks that are surface level, it's hard. And that causes anxiety. Yeah. That's what I love about my astrology practice, you know, because now people pay me to go deep with them, you know, and I'd yes. say like <laughs> where I'm most social, is, you know, I spend half my time, half my days, you know, these days on a Zoom, like talking to interesting people and going deep with them. It's, it's the coolest thing in the world. Well, when you shave off, I mean, all you're doing is you're taking your normal self and you know what all the weird stuff is. And then you just shave it off. All, you shave off all the edges so that you can just like be right there. And, and, you know, there's a lot that goes into us doing that. I almost feel like when I'm trying to encourage someone to embrace those parts, you know, it's like trying to talk them into believing in fairies. I'm like, actually, yeah. those parts are your superpowers. You need to not shave them off. You need to like water them and really explore them. And, and I feel like I'm trying to talk, convince them in the existence of aliens, which I do try to convince people in the existence of fairies and aliens. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's like, it feels like that same thing, like they're on par. Yeah, it's, I mean, I experience, I experience that all the time. I, I always say I'm trying to advocate for those weird, trying to advocate to people for those weird parts of themselves because that's truly our gift. You know, every, anything that we've experienced or we're trying to replicate has already been given as a gift. You know, I feel like it was back in the olden days, you know, when there used to be sitcoms, you know, on TV and you, you watch a sitcom and you think it's a new episode and it's a rerun and you're like, ah, oh, I need you to turn, change the channel. Yeah, yeah. So, I like to encourage people just to show up. You know, I promise I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to have fun with you. And let's, let's let's be real together. Because what I realized, if I'm just going with the flow, even if I'm keeping to myself, right, I'm not making a difference in the world. The more I can encourage people to be themselves, that's what's going to change the world. As people start to, because it sounds cliche, but we all have something inside of us that's trying to get out. You know, and I, yeah. and I think I have a two-year-old, you know, and sometimes it's so I see that thing that's trying to get out and the parent in me, you know, says, no, no, no. But the, the spiritual being in me says, yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah. and I think having kids is where I've gotten the most clarity on how the conditioning works. You know, it's, it's yeah. right there because they're wide open and they're watching everything we do. And I'm always faced with this question. So it's, um, you can't do that. 
And they go, why? <laughs> so like unpack why it always comes back to because it's just not mm -hmm. accepted. It always comes back to that. Yes. So then I have to go to myself. OK, why is it not accepted? And is that a good enough reason to tell him he can't do it? Because he's going to ask me like he's a critical and copy, too. She's yeah. fine. And they have nailed me sometimes. I'm like, OK, actually, you're right. You can't yeah. do it. Like, yeah. I love Tumbling. those moments. Yeah. <laughs> you go, on second thought, go ahead. You can go do ahead. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really And wild. then they also call me out on stuff that I said they couldn't do, and then I did yeah. it. <laughs> they're ruthless, man. But um, uh, they're consistent, and I'm glad for that. You know, it's another mirror that I get. So I, if I can figure out, now I just don't want to destroy their sense of wonder. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know what? Whatever. You can do that. Like if you want to just get covered in dirt, you, I don't understand the wonder of that, but he's certainly feeling it. So, you know, what's the problem? My wife would be like, what's the problem? And I'm like, you're right. It's me. It's, you know, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. They're a gift. I feel like, you know, things that I didn't have you know, as I give them to my, to my son, it's like, I get them to, you know, the freedoms that I didn't have, the liberations mm -hmm. I didn't have. It's, it's, it's been really probably the, one of the most healing things in my, in my life. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. That, that's, Never that's too so late cool. to have a happy childhood. That's one yeah. of our big sayings around here. <laughs> so true. It's necessary. Yeah. Right? <laughs> necessary. Well, because in a we lot of cases, well, a lot of us don't pick our childhood, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you pick your, you know, you could pick your career, you could pick your path, you could pick your workout or your food or whatever, but we don't pick, the first chapter right mm. so to be able to kind of go back and maybe like either rewrite that chapter or burn the book and start a new one or learn a whole new language to write it like that's it's difficult but <laughs> once you do the work you get addicted to the work i that, feel that's the work so when i first started doing meditation started doing yoga my teacher would always she'd always use the term purify 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 and i'd look at her and say i don't understand what you're talking about and then I started getting into meditation and those thoughts, those conditioned thoughts start to come in. And I was like, okay, I get it. You know, get all this, like you said, burn the book, get all this stuff out. Right. And then surround myself with stuff that feels good to me. I think that's the gift that I try to tell, like, I talk to young people who are still so attached to their parents. You know, I have a 24 year old daughter, you know, and she was complaining about me. I was like, listen, I was like the gift of being an adult is you're free from your parents. Right. And hopefully the gift of the adults, of the parents when they're free of their adult kids, is that the <laughs> that we're free too. And I said, let's be friends. Let's let's learn to care and like about each other yeah. instead of putting expectations and obligations on each other. That's gonna feel better for both of us. That's incredible. That's and and as a <laughs> child of parents, like we all are, I had a very uh heavy uh experience on on a psychedelic uh, little journey I went on and I came out of it and I had the urge to call my mom. And I was just like, I'm just, I just want to be friends with you. It's yeah. so funny to hear you say that from like a parent to a, I did the opposite, you know, where I'm like, you don't even have to be my mom anymore. Like, yeah. I'm just excited to be your friend, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it was like one of the best conversations we yeah. ever had. And I think it was just one of those things of being out of our own way. We had a conversation recently, Ricky, about with a guest about just how like dust naturally starts to land and settle even like on the, 
on a mirror, on a window, whatever, you know, and things get cloudy. But once you take the time to blow the dust off, it's like, oh, that is so vibrant, you know, mm. and that's so you can see so clear. And that's whether it's meditation or, you know, cannabis or exercise or, you know, whatever it may be. It gets you to that place where you can see through, you can blow the dust off, you yeah. know? Oh, I love that. I love that image. It's very powerful. Yeah, because there's so many ways to purify. Now I'm just like, I want them, I want them all working in tandem. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, let's add another. Because I, I didn't, I, I ran away. Well, I didn't run away, but by isolating, you know, musicians are on the road. And so you're just in your hotel room. You hit the bright lights and then you're back into the cave thing. You know, it's just a, a lot of isolation. And now I'm thinking, oh, you know, bike riding is a purifying way. Meditation is mm. a purifying way. The playing music, actually, you know, I kind of take that for granted. You know, but the time with my kids, the this, the that. And now I'm like, oh, my God, how many more ways can I add? And then you're like in the moment. Now you're living. Yeah. Now you're seeking wonder. Now you're finding wonder. Now you're not just... <laughs> Yeah. In your own head, you know, but it's hard to break that cycle sometimes. And I think, uh, you know, cannabis was a big one for me that just stopped everything. Psychedelics is another way. Some people, if they're lucky, they get music or sports uh, early. But then sometimes that's not enough. You know, it's like, what do I do when I'm not playing music? Now, the good feeling stops. Okay, what do I do then? You know, drink and smoke and <laughs> get into trouble and chase girls around. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The good stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. I know you got to do that for a while, but then you know, hopefully, no, right. at a it's... certain point, you're like, okay, it's not working. You know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's that so only great. lasts do you a find little bit. <laughs> do you find yourself looking on your back on your past self surprised? Cause like I was always into astrology cause my mom was into it. Yeah. I was always into wacky, weird metaphysical stuff. Cause my mom was into it, my older brother. Do you look back on your old self now? I think if I could talk to myself, oh, the man. younger self and be oh. like, yo man, you should check out this astrology and this Ayurvedic. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, you know, so the thing I've gotten into recently is uh, coding. You know, some some have uh, I launched an astrology app, and and I know a lot of astrology, but I don't know anything nice. about code. And so, hired developers to build the app, and I realized this is not very efficient. They don't know any astrology. I don't know any code. So I started to teach myself <laughs> the code, and and I do think back, and I say, if you know, if I was go back to my freshman self, I would have gotten me to study computer science. You know, because it's oh, it's a yeah. it's a deep pa passion, and I've always wanted to to be artistic, meaning take something in my head and turn it into something creative that other people can vibe off of. And it wasn't until I I learned to code that I have the ability to do that. And so it's it's been a huge a huge gift. And definitely, I'd go back as early as I can, and I'd give astrology to my mom. You know, my mom's biggest my mom's biggest defense when I complain is. You didn't come with an instruction manual. Yeah. 
And knowing what I know about astrology, we actually do come with an instruction manual. You just got to know how to read it. That's fantastic. Yeah. It might be an Ikea manual with just weird pictures of, you know, like, don't drop the baby. Exactly. <laughs> One of wow. my biggest mentors, Colonel Bruce Hampton, who was definitely an extraterrestrial. When I met him, he guessed my birthday within three minutes of when I was born. And I know my birth time because my mom was so into astrology wow. and we were talking just like this. He goes, August 24th at two in the morning. I was like, Hey, <laughs> Whoa, Whoa. How did you do that? You know? And he starts, he has these different techniques. He could read body features and part of it's intuitive, you know, part of it's psychic, but he says Asians, he can get them on the day, like every day for like every time for some, I don't, you know, the instruction got manual, me, but, it's right there, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's the one that taught me. He was like, for instance, you're incredibly curious. Like, how old are you now? 46. 46. He's like, God, like any time past like 35 to learn coding is like crazy. You know, I mean, that's just, I shouldn't say it's crazy. That's what a curious person does. So what is your sign? I'm a Gemini. I'd love to know I'm a Gemini, sign, yeah. you're rising. And, ah. Yeah. Gemini with the Virgo rising. rising. Virgo. So. <laughs> Boom. Now, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm Virgo, Pisces, Moon, Cancer, rising. You know, so, you know, obviously it's Virgo season. And, and my wife and I, we started a very small. We started an Instagram page where um, we try to keep going on. But every day we try to find a birthday and a quote that resonates with the sign. And so as we're going through all the Virgos, it's it's amazing to me how many musicians are Virgos. Yeah. Because when I think about Virgo, a lot of people say Virgo's a perfectionist. It's not. Virgo's about the process of moving towards perfection. Yeah. You know, Libras are the perfectionists. Virgos enjoy that process of getting better, (laughs) of training, getting better. Scales, you know? Virgos are like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so to be really good at something, to be competent at something, okay, you right, you have to go through that process of of noticing where you can improve and then doing something about it. I think of like kind of I think of the two in my mind, two of like the greatest um, artists. I won't even call them musicians, artists, okay, Um, who are Virgos, uh, Beyonce and Michael Jackson. You know, this idea of it's not good enough. Uh-uh, I could be a little bit better. No, I could be a little bit better. I, I yeah. could be a little bit better. Okay? Beautiful. It's, it's, you know, it's tough on the ego, right? If, if you don't get it, but when you yeah. learn to connect the ego to that process of noticing something that can get better and then doing something about it, uh, you get your wings, you know, you can, you can soar. Yeah. It's just, it's an inch at a time. Yeah. It's like climbing, uh, rock climbing, you know, and you're just dealing with this. And then you look back, you're like, holy crap, I'm way up here. But you're right about Libra, because I thought about my brother is uh, was the last day of Virgo. So he was partially in Libra. And Libra is, it's the balance of the scales. That's, that's, right, that's what I am. That's perfection, you're, yeah. You're uh, not perfect until, but see, then that can run away with you too. Like, I wish I knew, we got to figure out your rising sign me, Mike, and your moon. I should have known this years ago. If I told you, Ricky, but would you it's, know? It's October twenty second. If you could, if well, you, you need time of birth, nine forty in the morning. Wow, you know what time you're born? Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, thanks. I'll, 
plug it into my little machine and we'll get a, <laughs> we'll, get a we'll get a rising sign and we'll get a and we'll get a moon. Uh, do you have well, any? What's your moon, Ricky? My moon is I'm a Cancer moon. Oh, see, we are. That's why we have so much. That uh, yeah. What gotcha. what were you gonna ask, Ricky? Um, I was gonna I was gonna say if we see if we could guess. So October. Uh, when's your birthday? October twenty second. Twenty second. What year? Nineteen seventy nine. And you said nine forty in the morning. Yeah. And where? New Haven, Connecticut. Oh, I was just up in Connecticut. My mother in law lives in Deep River. Oh, beautiful up there, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, especially this time of year. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deep River's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's up near Mystic. Toads. Toads Place. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Toads. nice. That's, I got many memories in there. Yeah. Me too. So we have Scorpio. Cut a record there. We got Scorpio rising with the Scorpio moon. Mm. I don't know. Okay, so tell Whoa. me. I wish... I wish I'd known that last year. Just kidding. Not <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so much. Really? Yeah. Just, yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind is like secrets. You know, secrets. And 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 I and I and I want to say it as neutral, neutrally as possible, right? Because sometimes it's it's good to keep a secret. You know. Okay. So mm-hmm. the, one of the keywords that I associate with with Scorpio is intensity intensity okay mm-hmm. and and one of the things i associate with libra it's perfection but it's also the scales balance i think one of the main things for libra is rapport right that we that we get along right okay and what i'll say to someone it's a comedy yeah what I'll, what I'll say to someone <laughs> well, part of the comedy actually comes from scorpio and i'll talk about that so um part Part of getting along, okay, is, is appreciating what someone else likes, okay, and not doing anything to offend mm. to offend them. So if there's right. something about me that's going to be offensive to someone else, okay, and I'm not sure, it's probably good, at least in the beginning, to keep that to keep that a secret. If I want the other person to like me, and so I say, when two people first meet and they like each other, in order for the relationship to move along and develop, okay, they have to lie to each other. Okay. Hopefully they're little white lies okay, that we overcome over time <laughs> yeah, as we get to know each sure. other more. But if we yeah. tell it, if we put all who all of who we are on the table too fast, you know, I had a mentor. He said, you can't go too deep, but you can only go too fast. And in your chart, there's so much Scorpio. There's mm. an, ex- there's an extreme need to go deep. Extreme oh, need wow. to go deep. That's Holy why we get to Dude. Yeah. Wow. It, there is an extreme well, Scorpio, need to go deep. It's, yeah. Jesus. It's water. It's water. So your water, your moon is in a really strong water sign. That's mine. It's Pisces moon. Super emotional. A deep, deep, not even a well, an ocean. An ocean. River, deep river yeah. at least. Right? And then you're the rising river. at Scorpio too. Cancer is the river because yeah. the river is always moving and cancer, the emotions are changing all the time. Okay. Um, I think yeah. of Scorpio is the well, right? Still waters run yeah. deep. Okay. And yeah, I think of Pisces yeah. is the Pisces is the ocean. It's vast and it's deep. That's wow. I got, I got both of them. <laughs> Pisces moon, <laughs> cancer rising. But yeah. you have Scorpio moon, Scorpio rising. That's super. That's also, while well, it's a really big challenge. Very potent, man. That's some strong magic, man. That's yeah. some deep, deep just, empathy, like all the 
you know. Yeah. So everything you said, like, I'm like, I got chills over here because it's like an extreme <laughs> need to go deep. Does it work on the opposite where it's like, do I have an intolerance to shallow? Do you know what I mean? 100%, by that? 100%. Because if, yeah. well, it's, it's tricky because Libra, Libra's, the Libra energy can tend to be shallow. And this is, a, this is something I'd like to correct about astrology. Because of ease of everyone knows when they were born, when someone says, what's your sign, right? We know what when we were born, so we just say we're our sons. So we say that. But in your chart, Scorpio energy is way stronger, way stronger, three times as strong as Libra in your chart, three times as strong. And so there is a part that is energized when things are kept superficial enough that we can have rapport. So... And looking Stand at your chart, the need <laughs> the need is to have that rapport, but allow that rapport to sink as deep as possible. And so Good first job. you have to meet someone on the superficial level, but they have to be willing to go to the depths with you. Okay, here's wow. the thing about here's the Scorpio connection to common. Okay. So Scorpio and astrology rules the things that we tend to bury because socially we're taught just we're supposed to bury them. But these are things that are real and need to be expressed. But there's so much powerful conditioning that keeps these things suppressed that they don't get expressed, okay? It's like you notice when you when you tell the joke, okay? And it's funny, but then it's getting to something deep and there's someone that's laughing a little bit too hard, okay? That's yes. something that they have repressed that your comedy is allowed to release. And Scorpio is the gift, right? Because we have all these defenses, but comedy is one of those things that can slip through the defenses and allow those pent-up energies to be released. Yeah. So it's, there's something, this is profound, the, the profound healing effect of comedy from a Scorpio perspective. It allows those repressed energies to find some, some means of expression. Wow. Holy cow. See, if yeah. parents, if parents do this, you know, I, it's a common <laughs> My theme parents told the me this in conversation. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like, if parents knew astrology, cause I always tell my friends and everybody, the world at large, as parents, it's our job to find out what our kids' superpowers are. They're there. And my parents did that willfully. We're going to throw everything at the wall. But my mom had that astrology background. So imagine if parents in general had this astrology training. Now you kind of know where their tendency is going to be. Like every chart, yeah. there's some superpower in there. Yeah. It's, it's to be found. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's super fun to do, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I'm a very, for people that are into astrology, I, I pay attention to signs, but I'm what I call myself a planetary astrologer. Because I won't, I won't get into details, but in this chart, the strongest planet is Uranus. Now, Uranus, 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 there's a lot of ways to say it. But this is, what this planet represents is the urge to be different. So this chart, the thing that jumps out the most is someone who thinks outside of the box, okay? And, and to have some kind of form of expression where you can share your outside of the box thinking, great, the greatest gift in the world. So if, if you know, if this was yeah. the chart of my child, okay? Right? I, would, I would be excited about the day they started asking me questions I couldn't answer. I'd look forward to that day because this chart <laughs> wow. is going to have questions that nobody around can answer. One, because they're outside <laughs> of the box and two, because they're so deep. If someone hasn't done work on themselves, they're not going to have access to the answer. 
<laughs> yeah. My kid does that to me now. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I mean, dude, it's so on the nose, Ricky. I mean, seriously, yeah. like it's dead on. And I mean, like, I just it's like dead on. past couple of years have been. Yes. The past couple of years, mind blowing experiences, one after the other, one after the other. No yeah. Doubt. And probably triggered in work environments. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just. This is, it's all so telling. And I almost wonder if parents are maybe scared O'Teal a little bit, because what if your kid is the opposite? What if you don't jive with each other? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's got to be terrifying. Yeah, but Oh, no, I get it. I, I, I totally understand. As someone who needs I to go deep. I don't, I totally understand. <laughs> I tell parents in that situation, well, you know, I tell parents in that situation, your job is to get this kid out of the house as fast as possible in a position where they can take care of themselves. Oh well, man. That's so cool. It's like what you told your daughter. Yeah. And, and she, hey, and she we don't have one, to do this anymore. We're done. And she has one of these charts. Like she has one of those charts. It's so it's her chart is, it has a lot of similarities to here where she's way outside the box and she's really a deep person. And she's like a, she's a warrior princess. You know, and she grew up with a mom who is like scared and overly protective. And so she doesn't realize she hasn't she doesn't realize her superpower where it's almost like it's against her. And so I enjoy like pushing her and getting her to embrace the warrior inside of her. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Man, it's hard to convince people of this astrology thing if you don't have someone that really knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Like with Colonel Bruce, uh, well, with my mom. She was really good and partially psychic too, but she helped me to see like, this is a pattern. So, you know, when you see patterns, it's like, Hey, uh, people, because of their conditioning are like, Oh, that's mumbo jumbo. It's like, you're just not taking the time to go long enough to see the patterns. But when Bruce could just tell me everyone's tendencies, he would even tell me like, they're going to have a rough day or a rough week or whatever, because he knows how the cycles work. And so I don't have time or actually the, the knowledge really to explain it to people that don't want to get it. It's scary because if you've been conditioned to think the world is random and you start to realize it's not as random as you think, that's really, really scary. Yeah. And thinking yeah. you don't have choice, but you do still. But that's well, what you it feel leads like to, an like, alien. You know. Exactly. No choice yeah. is safer, though, right? When things go bad, you can always blame someone else. But when you really, when people realize how much, how much agency that we actually have to do something, we to change the patterns. It's like you said, we don't choose, we don't choose our parents, but we have. As soon as we're old enough and wise enough, we have all the agency in the world. No, and yeah. And so when I talk to people, I just try to empower them, like you know. Get to know yourself and, and you have the ability to, to access all of your potential. It requires effort. It requires work. But so does everything else that's worth anything. Yeah. Now, and, and, uh, th and try it. Like people right. judge before they try it. Uh, I'm like, would one. you just try it? I tell them like about visualizing stuff or believing you can have good stuff. And I'm like, man, I when I like visualize now, I'm more and more specific. Mm. It's like, yeah, man, does it happen like, boom. And I, so then I pass it on. I'm like, be more specific. I swear, just try it. But trying to get people to try it is something like the blocks, the conditioning is. It, it's really interesting to, because I think about the two, the two of you in your respective, you know, like, like as an athlete, Ricky, and as a musician, O'Teal, 
you both are improvisers in the sense that you learn the plays, you learn the charts, you learn, you could practice a B flat jam. You could practice an off tackle <laughs> as many times as you want. But every time you approach the line, Ricky, you have to improvise. You have to see two steps ahead. Mm -hmm. O'Teal, when you're playing, you have to be listening to the drums and also be a step ahead of, you know, the keys or whatever it may be. Like you're always, but you, you trust your intuition and your instinct. And you guys have that underlying current that now brings you to like, all of this makes sense. When you look at the, your astrology and when you look at your signs and all of that, it's like, there's that inherent person in you that like is always looking a step or two ahead and trusting the, the practice that you put in. It's really amazing. It's just fascinating yeah. how that's all there the whole time. Well said, you know, and I think this is, this is the Virgo, the Virgo connection, because sometimes the image for Virgo is a, is a young woman at an altar, you know? And so there's something ritualistic about Virgo, right? This idea of mm -hmm. doing something over yeah. and over and over and over and over and over again is that if yeah. you do it enough, you tap into the soul of it. Right. And that's this, this unconscious dynamic. And so we, I'm telling you, we, uh, one time in my career, we got really good at running off tackle We played called power. Yeah. And we, the reason we were so good is we just practiced it all the time. And so because we practiced it so much, we've had the experience of all the different variations of how a team could play it, that it made it natural to improvise because we were in the, the soul of the play, yeah. not just the yeah. external play. There's been plays that, you know, we saw another team run and we try to run it that week and then we get in the game and we don't do it well because we're too much on the surface. We haven't had enough reps to really get to the soul of what's really going on with this play. So that was your secret. Yeah. Reps. It's <laughs> if you take it with yeah. everything, you know, cause it's like a commitment, like, you know, Astrology is a big commitment, you know, Huge. I, when I have people that are like really good at it and then living with them on a daily basis and I could see, so I, it wasn't, I didn't need as big of a commitment myself. I had the good fortune to like have someone point this out over, even with animals like Colonel Bruce used to use it for gambling on horse races <laughs> even though the horse is tired it's insane but yeah um you know i the, it would the commitment part was a little easier you know but it, it definitely stoked my curiosity so when i'm like around somebody that i'm like okay let me see how much they know and i gotta yeah. say ricky you're you're really good man <laughs> I've been I mean, nailed, nailed me right away, and I want more. Dude, I want to go good, deeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it would behoove you. Uh, I've been doing this for almost twenty years, and and something yeah. about it when I because when I found astrology, it was when I walked away from the NFL at twenty seven and a half. Ma major moment in in all of our lives. Twenty seven is spe a special special yeah. moment in our lives. So yeah, I walked looking away, at thirty. Yeah. yeah, I walked away. I walked Saturn away from, return coming up. Yeah, it's it's actually called the progressive lunar return, which is a whole other really fascinating idea but 27 and I walked away from football and it's pretty much what I'd done my whole life and so I was lost and I met this woman and she she knew I was a football player that's all she knew and she said where's your Mars and Mars was the god of war so Mars represents our courage our ability to face challenges and so she knew that if I was a professional football player I had to have a, a big Mars and so I said, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. So I gave her my birth information because I'm a twin. So I know my, I know what time I was born. 
Ah. And we sat down and this woman who didn't know, didn't know me from Jack, right? She said some things that only I had thought in my head and it allowed those private <laughs> thoughts to like come to the surface and for me to take them more seriously. And I could start to see a path in my life opening up that had nothing to do with football. And it was such a gift that I was became obsessed with it is whatever this woman knows or whatever she was able to look at that gave her that insight. Like one, I want more of that insight. And two, I'd love to help other people access this level of insight. And so 18 years of like intensive study and for the last eight years, intensive practice. Wow. Yeah. I, I should get an app to help me track the moon. Colonel Bruce used to, he always wow. knew what the moon was in for Lila. various reasons. It's Lila. What's L I L A in the, in the app store. That's my app. It does. Uh, it does that's it Ricky's does, app. It, it does help you track the moon. And that's, that's one of the features. Get it. It's one of the features I put in. Cause I call it, I call it self-care check-ins. Cause the moon is. It, it, that's Wow. Everything okay? Yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> well, <laughs> the angels. Angels, yes. yes. God, yeah, totally. is that you? <laughs> it's a female voice. Well, it's so, funny yeah. you say that, though, because Colonel Bruce used to always tell me, he would be like, uh, in a couple of days, it's going to start getting rough. Yeah. I was like, all right, you know, what's the moon going into? And he would tell me, and for this reason, and I was like, thanks. This is so cool. I love when anomalous stuff happens. Yeah. I want to know, what did it say? It said something like, as a, it sounds like a kid. So I'm guessing 10, 11 year old. Let's see this time. There's something about a crew and trash. That's, but I have no idea what it's related to or where it's coming from. Oh my God. Fantastic. Have you heard of those like Colonel Bruce? The, the, a long time ago, uh, they used to do this thing where they would turn on the radio, uh, turn on a microphone or a radio or something to a, uh, it's a, or I think you just turn on a recording device is what it is. Like remember just leave it. cassette records. Yeah. And you just in silence and things would, you would hear talking in the background that used to do a seance. <laughs> we got some legit anomalous stuff happening right now. Thanks yeah. Colonel or whoever it is. R Ricky, I would love for OTL tell Ricky how Colonel Bruce moved on to the next world and how, like oh, like man. how he left Earth and all of this, you'll you'll, you'll be blown away. It's nuts. Please, I mean, this guy is such an ET. You know, he, it was his seventieth birthday party, and he had it at the Fox Theater. And everybody that he he never was like super famous, but he was a huge influence on a lot of people that were famous, and so a lot of his. Uh, Proteges and people that just loved him and who he influenced all came together at this big concert at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. And I couldn't be there. I was in New Orleans. I, he was where he was coming the next day. And um, he died on stage at that concert. And he looked at, I think it was Bobby T's right before, and it was the encore. And he looked at Bobby T's and he goes, well, it's time for me to go. And then he went out on stage and he put his hands up to Taz Brandon Niederauer, who's this really young kid guitar prodigy that was, and just, 
and, and fell down on stage and died. And everybody thought it was an act because he always did crazy shit like that. Like he was almost kind of a performance artist, you know? And so it took a long time for people to realize, Hey, um, I think actually something's not right. Cause it was typical of the kind of hijinks or whatever that he might just pull. Mm-hmm. And then sure. And they got him to the high, it was totally crazy, man. And a lot of people think that he knew it was going to happen. I don't yeah. know. I tend to think goal. so. That's my goal is to be like, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> See you guys <laughs> later. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 I want to be in bed with ice cream. I don't know if I want to be on stage, but I do want that. <laughs> I would cream. like to like be able to call it, right? <laughs> yeah. Tonight's the night. Yeah, Tonight's imagine. The night. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ricky, I, I could, I mean, first of all, where can, uh, I slash we, uh, get in touch about readings and, uh, and where can people reach you if they'd like to, uh, sign up or schedule a call with you? Yeah. So my, um, website where I, where I take bookings is, uh, rickywilliams.life, L-I-F-E. Okay. You can expect one from me coming soon. Okay. <laughs> I got to know more that I mean that nailed it like literally a minute and a half and I'm like Jesus you just kind of like categorized like so much of my angst yeah and there's, my anxiety. Oof, there's so much it's like you know like a chart like yours someone was put on this earth to my the way my teacher would say it is move take huge steps towards enlightenment you know that's a nice that's a nice way to say it but it's like there's certain things that you were that you've been shown that unless you're on the path you're not going to be able to understand or process and so it's like you experiences will come that literally shove you you know shove you on the path yeah god so true yeah. oh my god yeah okay i'll be in touch in like 30 seconds because <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to set this up also and we didn't even get to it but your heisman I mean, congratulations yeah, on all I the success with the cannabis that. line. Yeah. yeah. If you have time, I mean, I, I, well, we could keep going. Well, right, do you have a couple the, more minutes? I do. You know, the reality is that actually we did get to it. You know, I think so many people when they launch a brand, at least my sense of it is like, how can I trick people into thinking we're cool? You know? And, <laughs> and for me, the, the deeper reality of a brand is that you shouldn't have to put on an act. It's just something is so authentic yeah. and real that people can recognize it. And so it's just the way I've lived my life of always striving to be a better person, always striving to be myself. And for me, a big, a big tool on that process, among other things, has been cannabis. And so it's like anyone who, who resonates with that and wants more, whether they've used cannabis, maybe not in this way or they haven't, right? The brand is really an invitation to, to check out and see what I'm talking about. Amazing. That's really yeah, cool. We're gonna check that out too. Yeah, for sure. And it's so great watching you. Uh, you know, you really got like you got into coding. You got into growing. Ooh. Like you, you go down and check out the plants, and you know what you're looking for, and you know what you want, and you could tell it's like no matter what you did. And that's what I loved about you as a player was like just the passion. Like you went through the line like no one else. And once you broke through, you put it into somehow like a sixth gear, yep. like no one else. Yep. And, and it, it's just, you know, and to watch all of this happen, it just like from a fan from the start, man, I'm just so happy for you. And it's truly, truly an honor to, to chat with you about stuff that's so important for people to hear, you know? Yeah. 
what a great hour. You know, I, I, I try to make the most of my days of my life. And I feel like this, this time spent huge, huge benefit. So thank you for the questions, Good. the openness, the, the conversation. It's been wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, man. If what time were you born? Because I want to do your chart. Yeah. Does your own chart <laughs> blow you away? Did it, do you go? Oh, that makes it, it, it did when I first started. That's what that's what really caught me. It was it was in my chart. I talked about that twenty that when I turned twenty seven and I walked away from the NFL. It was a mystery to me. And then I started learning astrology and I saw what my chart looked like on that day and I was like, oh wow. So uh, May 21st, 1977 at 1.57 p.m. in San Diego, California. Wow. Oh, wow. We were born, I was born at 1.57 a.m. Oh. <laughs> That's great. But uh, we got it on tape. I'm glad I have a friend that is really, really good at this stuff. And she was trained by Colonel Bruce. Do you, do you put your own chart online, the analysis of your own chart up anywhere? It's on, on astro.com. Um, so astro.com is a, is a resource an astrology resource. And there's a lot of charts with accurate birth yeah. time on there. And so I, I wrote an email and said, Hey, put my chart up there. And I said, it's, <laughs> it's verified by my birth certificate. So it's good stuff. Good. <laughs> well, You're I tell you what, man, I can't wait to look at it because you are an incredible, uh, mind. I love someone so curious. That just is the best, the best thing ever. Amen we to that. We'd love to have you back anytime you'd like to come hang and chat for another hour with us. So we'll be in touch. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Pantheon Media presents Comes a Time featuring Mike Fenoya and Oteil Burbridge. Executive produced by Christian Swain and Peter Ferrioli. Produced and edited by Eric Limarenko and Stu Silverman. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Comes a Time with Mike Fenoya and Oteil Burbridge. Be sure to follow the pod on social media, YouTube, and if you're jonesing for bonus episodes and exclusive content, go to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get on the bus. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.